Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is officially midnight here on the West Coast, which means that it is officially a jam packed college basketball Saturday for all in. For anyone that's looking for a little bit more insight on some of these games, the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast as well. That is part of the VEASAN family podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We wound up just uploading a four-hour and 39-minute podcast. So we've got that all covered for you. We're going to be going into more depth with a lot of these marquee games here on the final hour of the show. A big thanks, by the way, to Wes Reynolds. does a terrific job over here with the network. We dove into a lot of the marquee Big Big Ten games with him in the first hour, so appreciate him being able to stop by. And now, how about if we wind up taking a look at a few games that are going to be going down a little bit earlier on in the card because now it is getting a little bit closer. You've only got a few hours to be able to fire in some of these games, fire in on some of these games that start at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern time. Meanwhile, games out here on the West Coast got a little bit more time with those, so... How about if we start out with 613-614 on the bang board? We've seen a little bit of a line move here as UConn hits the road. They're facing up against Villanova. Villanova's finding themselves as a five-and-a-half point favorite in a lot of spots, seeing a couple straight fives out there as well. Open up more around a six-and-a-half point favorite. And your tallest game in between 129 and a half and 130. And for Villanova, the Big East has always been running through them, but this year it has been a little bit of an issue with regards to their conference play. They wind up losing to Marquette now twice, and you've got a UConn team that they've been able to do a solid job on the glass, but they themselves are coming in on shaky ground because they wind up taking that loss to Creighton, in which they wound up scoring just 55 points in that one. What UConn has going for them is that they do a terrific job on the glass. Andre 3000 Jackson has been able to give you right around 8.5 points, 8 boards per game. You've been able to have Otama Sadogo give you 13 and 8 as well. UConn is a collective. They shoot right around 76% in the free fly, mid-30s from three-point range, but I still believe that Villanova is going to be able to find their way to the top of the Big East. They shoot over 80% at the free throw line. When it comes to all of college basketball, I believe that they are number one with regards to free throw shooting percentage. And despite the fact that Villanova has been having a little bit of a rough go of it recently, still one of the most efficient offenses that you're going to find in all of college basketball. In terms of points scored on a per possession basis, they do rank 17th in the country. And it's a team that they're just at another level at home. At home, they rank, I believe it is number seven in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. So they do an even better job there. And when it comes to Villanova, you got the best point guard in this game. That would be Colin Gillespie, a guy that gives you a little bit over three assists 
Fewer than one and a half turnovers a game. Highly efficient for this team. Now, I will say, RJ Cole has been able to do an amazing job with UConn. A guy that's able to give you right in the neighborhood of about 12 or so points per game. He chips in there, four plus rebounds, four assists. He's been able to do a nice job shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. But I do think that Eric Dixon, when he's able to provide down low for this Villanova team, is nothing short of incredibly important. A guy that is able to give you right around eight boards per game or six boards per game. He's able to give you right around eight points per game. He's been a solid three-puncher. And then Caleb Daniels, someone that's been out for a few games this season. Him being able to return and him being able to shoot as well as he has been from three-point range, I think that that is going to be incredibly impactful as well. I do think the Villanova is going to be able to take care of business on their home floor. I did wind up setting them as a favorite of seven points and made this total 135. Now, when it comes to Villanova, this is one of these slow teams that you are going to find in all of college basketball, but this is also a Villanova team that they themselves do a terrific job of being able to just put the ball in the basket. You, I think, could wind up seeing a little bit of late game falling in this spot. If you do wind up having, say, a seven-point lead with a minute left to go, UConn is a team that you feel relatively solid about. If they wind up having a lead, Villanova, they no doubt are because they wind up shooting right around 82-ish percent at the free line. Villanova, a bunch that they shoot, like I said, right around 81, 82 percent at the free line. So I do think that this is a good spot for Villanova to be able to get right. I'm going to lay up to seven with them. When it comes to Soto, I wound up saying it at a 135. So I do think that you're going to get enough points to be able to get an over in this spot. And I do think the Villanova is going to be able to get the job done and cover this summer. When it comes to a little bit more of the back half of the card, I always love it when we wind up getting some more fascinating games, shall we say. These are a little bit more of the small ones, but sometimes where the money is made is some of these smaller games. And like I said, if you've got a game that you want fired in, at GRNRScore D1 on Twitter, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear highlighted on this show as we go 306-023-306-024. Prairie View A&M going on the road to face off against Bethune-Cookman out there in the swack. You've got Prairie View A&M finding themselves anywhere between two and a half and three-point favorites. Your tallest game, you're getting it at a 136.5 and I think that this is a little bit too low of a total. Bethune-Cookman ranks in the bottom 100 with regards to possessions per game, but Prairie View. I think that a lot of people would be surprised that they rank in the top 20 with regards to possessions per game. A big reason why is because Prairie View does turn the ball over left and right. It makes their raw offensive numbers look a little bit more, I guess you could call them diminish, but at the same time, they generate a little bit over nine steals per game. And you've got a Prairie View team that has actually been shooting it relatively solidly from three-point range. The big thing for this team has been being able to get guys like Dwayne Cox online. These guys are now shooting really in the mid-30s from three-point range for Bethune-Cookman. has been a solid effort for, out of Joe French all season long. Guy that has been able to shoot over 40% from three-point range, 90% the free line with being able to give you right around 15 and a half points per game. But you take a look at Perry View, Jawan Daniels, I think he's going to be the best player on the floor. 14 points, five boards. Guy that from three-point range has been able to make right around 35% of his threes. Perry View overall, they shoot 34.5% from three-point range. Now, they get bludgeoned on the glass. This is a team that they're getting rebound by nearly five boards per game. So that is one of the worst marks out there in college basketball. And Bethune-Cookman is able to do a good job of being able to exploit this. As they've got some, someone down low in Kevin Davis, a 6-5, little bit of a bruiser guy who is able to give you eight rebounds per game. I really like his overall game. And then you've also had Marcus Garrett do a nice job with being able to chip in there right around 11 points, a little bit over two assists per game. But it's just a little bit of a 
interesting team with regards to their backcourt. They don't necessarily do the world's greatest job of being able to dish out the ball, but I do think that this is a game that is going to come down to a little bit of late game felling, and I do think that this is going to be a contest in which Prairie View is going to be able to heighten the tempo in this game, so I did wind up saying my total more around 138. I am willing to go over in this spot, and when it comes to Prairie View, this is a bunch that I feel like they should be a little bit of a road favorite in this game. Wound up setting it at a two and a half. We are seeing some threes out there, and three is going to be my buy point on Bethune-Cookman. I'm going to be gauging the line a little bit more if we wind up getting this down to like a two. I'd be willing to lay it with Prairie View if we wind up getting a little bit more like a three, three and a half in the AM. Then it's going to be more of a take with Bethune. And also, don't just look at the raw records when it comes to the SWAC. You're going to note that Prairie View is one of the worst teams with regards to record in all of college basketball. The big reason why teams like a Prairie View A&M, Texas Southern, a lot of these teams, they wind up playing just a whole bunch of buy games. Texas Southern, their entire like sports program is funded by the fact that Texas Southern has to take some of these ridiculous buy games every single year. And typically they pick someone off. We saw that with Florida this year with Prairie View. They were unable to do so, but... We've seen Prairie View in the past have their triumphs as well. So always keep that in mind when it comes to the SWAC and the MEAC, just because both of these conferences are very notorious for buy games, Long Beach State as well, if you're looking out there in the Big West. But it's a spot in which I'm willing to take a look at the over in this spot. And like I said, with three or more, I'd be willing to take the points with Bethune-Cookman. When it comes to a game that is going to be a little bit earlier in the slate and it's going to evolve, let's call it what it is, a little bit more of a marquee game. I do think that this one is going to be one that is going to be of intrigue towards the early AMS. We do go with game number 623, 624 on the betting board. Got Northwestern going to be in the red face off against Nebraska. Can Nebraska get their first win of the Big Ten season? They are finding themselves anywhere between four and four and a half point underdogs. John's game is anywhere between 146 and 147. It's a line that opened up at three and a half. I made my line four. So as these four and a half start popping up, I'm going to be beginning to take a look at the points with Nebraska. I really don't think that we're going to be seeing steam come in on Nebraska. If they, if it does, I'll be rather surprised because let's call it what it is. Nebraska's yet to be able to win a game out there in the Big Ten slate. But that said, I do think that Nebraska is going to be able to hang in there. Alonzo Verge has been able to turn the ball over less at home than he has been on the road. He averages a full turnover per game more whenever he is on the road. And when it comes to this Nebraska team, now you've got Trey McGowan's back at the fold. His brother Bryce has really been the headliner for this Nebraska team, being able to give you 15 points, five boards, a guy that's able to shoot in the very low 30s from three-point range, which that's just pretty much all Nebraska. Nebraska is shooting as a collective about 30 to 31% from three-point range, so you need a little bit more outside shooting. Kobe Webster has not necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job for this team. And then you take a look at what you're able to get on the flip side for this Northwestern team, and you do have who I really like in Pete Nance, a six-foot-ten combo player who's been able to give the team right around 14 points. He delivers eight boards. He shoots 40% from three, gives you a little bit over a block per contest. I think that he is absolutely terrific and one of the more underrated players in all of college basketball. Bubui does a good job of being able to protect the ball. Northwestern in general, one of the top teams at being able to not turn it over. Northwestern, when it comes to turnovers on a per-possession basis, they're in the top 15 in all of college basketball. Northwestern, with regards to their offensive efficiency, it's not like they're absolutely killing it or anything like that, but they're 87th in the country, so they're not too bad there. Nebraska, they clock in at 254th, but with Nebraska as well, you do get a little bit of rebounding out of someone like a Derek Walker, and this is a Northwestern team that they don't do a particularly good job on the glass. And you just notice this every single year with Northwestern. They wind up beginning the non-conference late relatively solid 
I mean, you wound up seeing it once again this year. They were able to pick up a couple nice wins, and then calendar turns to 2021, and then they go straight down the toilet bowl. This year has been a little bit less demonstrative than last year because last year they were actually in the top 25, and then they wound up just being part of the dregs sort of crowd in the Big Ten. So that was not necessarily too terrific. You do have Chase Odij back as well for Northwestern, a guy that's able to give you right around 11.5 points per game. But I do think that this is a spot in which once you wind up getting up north of four, the boat has really passed you by on Northwestern. And keep in mind, Nebraska, this is a team that they're looking to gun it. They're in the top 15 in all of college basketball because possessions per game. Northwestern, not necessarily a slouch either. So set this total at 150, looking over and looking to take north of four here with Nebraska. Coming up next, going to be taking a look at more of what we've got on this college basketball Saturday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join our own Stormy Bonantoni on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at South Point Casino here in Las Vegas at 6 p.m. P- p.m. Pacific, by the way. Stormy will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, and Vinny Maliulo to be able to give you a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and tell stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the year. The event is free for everyone over the age of 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. p.m. Pacific time, and you'll be able to get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde Ale, which is very good, by the way. I've tried it, by the way. Specials on Budweiser, plus sign copies of Chris Andrews' books and learn from the bookmaking experts, as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and right now we're going to school on these college basketball games that we've got for this Saturday because we've got a 150-game slate, and it is an absolute whopper. So trying to give you guys as much as humanly possible with regards to 
games to be able to break down and try to give you guys as many trips to the window. We want to take a look at one early Big East game in the first segment of this hour. How about if we wind up going with another one that is going to be going down in this 9 a.m. Pacific noon Eastern time window. We are going to be going with St. John's versus Butler. 6-11, 6-12 on the betting board. St. John's has been bet up. Wound up opening up a one-point favorite. Now you're finding them in a lot of places, a two-and-a-half, seeing a couple twos out there as well. Total is anywhere between 139 and 140, and it's a interesting ordeal here because you've got a blazer in St. John's as in the top 20 with regards to possessions per game. Butler's in the bottom 35 with regards to possessions per game. It's a 9 a.m. Pacific tip. So I wound up shaving my number down a little bit more. But even if this were a more conventional tip time, I probably would be looking a little bit more at the under. I wound up saying my total at a 138 and a half. So I like this, especially 140 under, just because I just don't know if Butler is going to be able to do their part when it comes to being able to hit this total over. It's a bunch that they're shooting 31% from three. Now, the good news for them is that Bo Hodges is now back in the fold for them. He's been able to give the team right around five boards, a couple points. And you do have Aaron Thompson. He's able to give you four assists per game. But... When it comes to Butler, certainly has been a brutal team with regards to being able to put points up on the board. And then you take a look at the flip side and what you're able to get for the St. John's team. You've got Pasha Alexander along Julian Champetti, who's able to give you 4.4 steals per game. You've got Champetti shooting right around 40% from three-point range. And if St. John's was living up to their billing, he would probably be a, at minimum, top 10 player for the player of the year hunt, if not top five. I do recognize that he's missed a game or two, but he has been that good for the team. He's able to give you seven boards per game. Like Joel Soriano, it would do a good job down low for the team as well. So I do think that Butler is going to get a little bit bludgeoned on the glass. Now, when it comes to this Butler team, they do a solid job of being able to contribute a little bit out there in the backcourt with someone like Chuck Harris being able to give you 11 points per game. Jair Bolden has been able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range, but... I mean, even with Bryce Enzi being able to give you five and a half to six rebounds per game, I just don't think that it's going to be enough, especially with Aaron Wheeler going out for double figures in five out of the last seven games for St. John's. He's been able to do a much better job on the glass. The Purdue transfer has been able to give the St. John's team a little bit more defensive tenacity, for lack of a better term. And for Butler, I mean, even their games against Georgetown, those were relatively low scoring. And Georgetown right now is Casper the Friendly Ghost as their defensive coordinator. They really have none whatsoever. So I take a look at this spot. I think the total is a little bit too high here. I wound up saying mine at a 138 and a half. And I just think that Butler's, or I think that St. John's a better team. Butler has a good home crowd. I mean, Inkle Field has one of the most iconic places to play in all of college basketball, but I don't think it's going to be able to make the difference in this one. Set St. John's as a four-point favorite. So I'm going to lay it here. Also want to make my total a 138.5. So we're going to be going to dive under. And I'm going to be taking a look at I'm going to be taking a look at St. John's when it comes to this spot as well. How about if we wind up going with a solid ACC matchup? That is right there next to St. John's versus Butler on the betting board. 609-610. We got Florida State. They're going to be playing us the Wake Forest. Wake Forest is finding themselves as a slight underdog in this spot, and this has been bet up. We'll end up opening up a one and a half. Now you're finding it at a three, and your turn on this game is between a 146 and a 146 and a half with Florida State. I set them as a three-point favorite, so at one and a half on the open, I liked it. Here at three, at this point, we're starting to get into the range where I'd be taking a look at Wake Forest. We're going to see if this winds up moving anymore. But at three, I would rather take the points with Wake Forest rather than lay them with Florida State because Florida State is a team that they are able to generate right around 10 seals per game. But at the same time, they do wind up giving the ball away a little bit as well. And when it comes to Wake Forest, they're going to have the best player out there on the floor. That would be Alondis Williams. Now, part of it is that he does wind up hurting this team in return for all the great that he does. But 
Alanis Williams is one of just 14 players that are right now leading his team in all three categories of points, rebounds, and assists. He has just been a game wrecker for Wake Forest. 19 and a half points, seven boards, 5.3 assists per game. A guy that shoots right around 33% from three-point range. He chips in there a little bit over a seal per game as well, but I think he's also really big for this Wake Forest team. And it's a reason why I wound up saying this number more around three rather than even four, four and a half. Damari Monsanto, he has come in from East Tennessee State. He wound up missing the first 16 games of the season. Now he's back. While he was at East Tennessee State last season as a six foot six combo player, scored double figures, shot 35% from three. So maybe we'll give the team right around seven points, three and a half rebounds per game. So that's another option that this Wake Forest team is able to look to off the bench. And now they've got some options because you've got someone like a Kadeem Sai who's able to give you a couple boards. Dallas Walton is a seven footer that has been able to do a solid job being able to chip in their eight points, five boards. He tries to shoot threes, doesn't necessarily do so very successfully, but that's why you've got Davion Williamson being able to shoot 42% from three, 91% the free throw line. And for Florida State, they've been dealing with a couple ailments of their own. I know that they were looking at perhaps having Caleb Mills out of the fold for their previous game. He wanted being able to go, but that said, you've been dealing with an injury to Malik Osborne. He's missed the last two or three games for this team, so that's a little bit of an issue. Got a Florida State team that, in general, every single year, it feels like they've got like 15 players that they're able to utilize. They all shoot between 32 and 37% from three. If someone winds up shooting above 37% from three, they have to miss a couple threes to get back down below it. If they wind up shooting below 32% from three, they wind up getting the Game of Thrones bell of shame. So, I mean, it's just so fascinating that everyone is pretty much the same on this team. And you've got that once again this year when it comes to Florida State. Now, I will say Matthew Cleveland has come in as a freshman. They will give you 10 points, four boards. He's been relatively solid. Not a guy that really takes any threes whatsoever. But I do think that Florida State should be able to get the job done on their home floor. Like I said, at one and a half, I'd be in on Florida State. At three, not so much. I wound up setting my number at three. And I do think that we're going to see a relatively solid defensive effort in this game. Wake Forest has certainly been able to pump up the tempo under Steve Forbes. But at the same time, Steve Forbes has always valued good, hard defense as well. We are seeing this Wake Forest team play a little bit better on defense. And for Florida State, this is a team that after they wound up starting out the year very fast, they've been throttling down. This is a bunch that over their last three games, they've been playing right around three to four possessions per game lesser than they had towards the beginning part of the season as the ACC season has won along. They've been playing more and more defense as well. So I wound up saying my total at a 143. I'm willing to dive under in this spot. And at three or more, I'm willing to take a shot here on Wake Forest. I don't want any part of the money line, but... I think now that we've seen the move that we've had on this game, I think that now you've got a little bit more of a buy point here on Wake Forest. Do we have a buy point here on Auburn as we wind up going 621, 622 on the bank board? Auburn opened up a 17 point favorite, actually a 17 and a half point favorite. Now you're finding them between 16 and 16 and a half, and your Tarlon's game is between a 152 and a half and a 153 and a half. Always a little bit of a roll of the dice whenever you're low, whenever you're laying this big of a number when it comes to conference play, but I wound up saying my number at a 16 and a half at 17 and a half. I like Georgia, but now especially the 16s, like I'm at circuit right now. I'm currently seeing a 16. I'd be willing to lay it here with Auburn. With Auburn, this team just has all the goods there. It will give you a little bit over eight blocks per contest with Walker Kessler headlining that four blocks, seven rebounds, right around 12 points per game. He has been absolutely incredible for this team. And then you've got Jabari Smith, who is going to be, in my opinion, a top five pick in the NBA draft. We will see if that winds up coming to fruition or not, but he's been able to give the team a double-figure amount of points. 
He's able to shoot over 40% from three. You've also got guys like AKD Johnson, who's able to give you two steals per game. Auburn has not just been really good on offense because I mean, this team has been amazing with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. They rank in the top 20 in all of college basketball with that regard. As a matter of fact, 31st, so a little bit below that. But with regards to their defense, they've actually been in the top 15. It has really been a little bit of a turning over of new leaf for Auburn. They've got a lot of versatile players that are able to run the floor, but at the same time, do a great job down low. And then when it comes to Georgia, this team is coached by Tom Green. I could just leave the end of the, the analysis. I think that all of you guys would be in agreement with me there. But I mean, with that said, Cario Aquendo has been able to give you right around 12 points per game. You do have Aaron Cook, who has been able to give you right around five assists per game. But this is a Georgia team that they're a mid-tempo team, and they turn the ball over 14 times per game. They have been able to get a little bit more out of Noah Bauman. Bauman is coming. He's been able to shoot right around 40% from three-point range, averaging nine points per game. He's been able to give you, I believe, a plus in five out of the last seven games. So he's been able to kick it up a little bit more. But ever since Jalen Ingram has went out of the fold, this team hasn't been able to get a lot of rebounding in general. You don't have a single guy on the roster right now that is really giving you more than the 5.8 rebounds per game of Braylon Bridges. And Bridges is right now the only guy that gives you more than 4.1 boards per game. So this is a Georgia team that is just going to get completely trucked down low. So I do think that being able to lay 16 and a half or less here with Auburn, a relatively good buy-in. Set this on a 152 and a half. One to dive under as well. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at more of the mid-afternoon slash later evening games for this college basketball Saturday. That is up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that the best place to be able to get all the insights for the big game is right here at VSIN. And right now, you're able to sign up for our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from all of our VSIN betting experts. Visit VSIN.com slash Super Bowl to be able to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. That's at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl. As it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And while many of our experts are getting you all set for the biggest game of the season, I'm getting you set for 150 games on this college basketball Saturday. This is right now what I am paying to the... I'm, the role I'm playing with regards to the team because I mean, my goodness, you've got a lot of opportunities to be able to make some money. I am very happy to be riding along with you guys tonight to be able to take a look at just so many of these. We want to take a look at quite a few of the early games in the first two segments of this hour. And coming up in the final segment, I wound up going through by DK Nation play for Duke versus North Carolina. I'll be refreshing that for you guys once again because obviously that's a relatively big rivalry. How about if we wind up taking a look at a few other afternoon games as well. We're going to be going 745-746. LSU in the road. They're going to be facing off against Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt finding themselves in a pretty familiar spot as a home underdog. Anywhere between 3.5 and, and 4 points is where you're going to be finding them with your total on this game. Anywhere between 132 and 133. We've seen a little bit of a rise in this total. And LSU uncharacteristically wound up giving up north of 70 points a few days ago to Ole Miss. I felt like that was just a bad spot in general for LSU because... I and mean, when you wind up getting totals that low, because that was one that opened up right around 124, got steamed to like 127, and didn't stand a chance no matter what you wound up getting with regards to the open slash to close. But 
I mean, in that game, Ole Miss was just going absolutely bonkers. I think that LSU is going to be able to tighten up a little bit more in this game, and Vanderbilt should be able to play a little bit better on defense as well. Seven-footer Liam Robbins wanted making his season debut a couple days ago against Kentucky. Now, I don't have high hopes for Liam Robbins giving you like 30-plus minutes in this game or anything like that, but you wound up coming in off the bench for something like 15 or so minutes. Didn't necessarily have a big performance against Kentucky, but I think he'll be able to do a little bit more in this game, be able to provide something down low. Now, you do have an LSU team that has quite a bit of size here. Easton, 15 points, 7 boards. He's got some good versatility for a big man. And then we've had Efton Reed, 7-footer, really do a terrific job for this team. He's able to pop threes at a mid-30s clip. He's able to give you right around 8 points, 5 boards. So I do like what he's able to bring to the table for LSU. And for LSU, Xavier Pinson should be in a little bit of better shape in this game. He's returned for the last two. And... I believe that he scored as many points as myself in each of the two. He wound up having a donut against TCU, and he really didn't do a lot in that game against Ole Miss either. I think that he's going to be able to have a little bit of a bigger imprint in this game. And if he doesn't, it's going to be up to a lot of these other guys to be able to step up for LSU, and they're going to have to man up against Scottie Pippen Jr., who's been absolutely terrific for this Vanderbilt team, a guy that has been able to give you right around 17 and a half points per game. You also get along with him, Miles Soute, a guy that's able to give you right around eight to nine points per game. He's a little bit of a cobble player that's been able to shoot 40% from three-point range, but I do think that this LSU team is going to be able to do a little bit of a better job in this game. You've noticed them the last few have a little bit of a drop-off, and they have fallen with regards to their defensive efficiency numbers. They wound up entering into yesterday. Now number two in the country with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. They were passed by by San Diego State, who's been playing some very incredible defense this season, but I mean, still... This has been a Will Wade team that you didn't think that you'd be seeing because Will Wade's teams, while he's been at LSU, they've been very offense-oriented. This one has been very much more defense-oriented, but I do think that LSU is going to be able to find a little bit more scoring. Guys like Brandon Murray are starting to come into the, their own. Be able to give the team 10 points right around three boards per game with Murray. Be able to shoot about 36% from three-point range. And Darius Hayes was a little bit banged up. You can tell that he's back to 100%. Being able to give this team 13 and a half points. He chips in their eight boards and also a seal and a half per contest. That's what LSU really does well. Their 11 seals per game. That is number one in all of college basketball. And I do think that they're going to be able to force quite a few turnovers on this Vanderbilt team. I want to say my total at 131 and a half. So the little bit of a rise in total that we've seen from 130. I'm going to be taking a look at this game under. And with LSU, I feel comfortable laying up to five with them. So here at a three and a half slash four, we're seeing a spannering of both numbers. I'm willing to lay it here and I'm willing to take a look at an under as well. I know that some of you guys were asking me for a little bit of Ivy League action. You're going to notice that right now we are not seeing any lines up for these games. 731, 732, Penn versus Cornell, 743, 744. Dartmouth versus Brown, 757-758. Yale, Harvard, along with 761-762. Princeton versus Columbia. You're going to be finding that really no books wound up putting out numbers on these games, along with a few of the Horizon League teams that they wound up having to play yesterday because they wound up having games on Thursday postponed. You'll find this with a lot of books, much like you'll find with some of these basketball teams right now in the NBA that when it comes to a back-to-back, they're not going to put a lineup until the very early a.m., so... Unfortunately, we've got nothing on the Ivy League as of right now. I wound up setting my handicap lines, but we'd be speculating about games that they just don't have anything right now. But there's no speculation when it comes to this one. How about if we go with 801-802? Our good friend Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers are going to be playing us to Central Florida. Central Florida is finding themselves a way too big six-point underdog. And your total on this game is anywhere between 144 and 144 and a half. 
Last time Central Florida wound up playing against Memphis, they wound up being able to get the outright win. I don't know if Central Florida is going to be able to do it once again. So I'm going to preface this with I'm going to be taking the points and not the money line in this spot. But I continue to think that Memphis is being overvalued by two or three points. And the two to three point differential comes because Penny Hardaway is the coach of Memphis. I wind up literally talking them right around three points. I mean, I wish I could do it any other way, but Penny Hardaway has just taken this Ferrari that he's been given of a team because I mean, he's got a, a, absolutely amazing players. Amani Bates is absolutely terrific. Now, I recognize that you've had a couple of injuries when it comes to this team. DeAndre Williams has been out for quite a bit. You've been dealing with a little bit of an ailment as well to Landers and Ali as well. So, I mean, there is that aspect of it, but this team has so much depth. You've got so many five-star guys. You've got some of the biggest prospects in all of college basketball. I mean, it is pretty much the equivalence of being bought the brand new smartphone, just pretty much throwing it in the air, seeing it on the sidewalk all smacked around and being like with a cracked screen and everything like that. That's pretty much what Penny Hardaway has done with regards to this team. Rather than put it into a nice case, what rather than giving it care and what have you. And when it comes to Central Florida, it's a team that's had a little bit of a fall off ever since they wound up having their big win against Michigan. But I still like the pieces of this team. You've got Darren Green Jr. along Darius Perry. Both of these guys are able to give you right around 13 to 14 points per game. Both of these guys shoot in the mid to high 30s from three-point range. Perry is able to give you right around five assists per game. Chekumbake Zhang, who winds up coming in. From UNLV, he's been able to give this team five and a half to six rebounds per game, coupled with CJ Walker. Walker's a guy that shoots in the mid 30s from three point range as a six foot eight combo player that comes in from Oregon. And when it comes to Memphis, their big bugaboo is the fact that they just aren't disciplined. They turn the ball over 17 times per game. That's one of the highest marks that you're going to find in all of college basketball. This is a team in Memphis, though, that they do kick up the tempo quite a bit. And this is a Memphis bunch that if they were just able to take a little bit more care of the ball, I mean, they would be an absolutely amazing team because this is a Memphis bunch that, with regards to possessions per game, they rank 16th in all of college basketball. The reason why you wind up seeing these low totals is that they, for one, actually do an okay job of being able to take away the ball, and for two, they just wind up giving it away left, right, and sideways. I do think that you're going to see a good amount of points scored in this game. I wind up setting this total at a 145. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over in this spot. And when it comes to Memphis, I could only make them a three-point favorite. Like I said, if we had literally any other coach in college basketball out there, I'd probably be laying the points here with Memphis. I mean, this is a Memphis team that if you looked at sheer talent and sheer talent alone, they should probably win this game by eight plus. Penny Hardaway is coaching them, so can't do it. Going to be taking the points here with Central Florida, and I'm going to be taking a look at the total over as well. When it comes to the Pac-12, we've got a couple of intriguing games out there as well. How about if we wind up hitting upon this one, as we've got 825, 826, this is going to be one of the latest games of the day as UCLA hits the road. They're going to be facing off against Arizona State. Sun Devils are an 11.5 point underdog. Draw this game, you're going to be finding it anywhere between a 132.5 and a 133. And when it comes to UCLA, could only make them a 10 point favorite. You can tell that a couple of these guys have been dealing with some ailments. I know that they were dealing with Johnny Chuzang, dealing with health and safety protocols, was able to play against Arizona along with Jaime Hawkes, but I don't know if they were fully at 100%. I think that they're going to be a little bit healthier in this game. And he just figured that pride was going to take over a little bit more for this Arizona State team. They actually wound up coming out with a relatively solid effort when they wound up playing against Arizona last week. And I do think that Arizona State is going to be able to cover this number. It was a case in which anything of single digits, I was willing to lay it here with 
UCLA, but once you wind up getting to double digits, Arizona State winds up becoming the play because you do have a guy in Jalen Graham who down low has actually been able to play relatively solid for the team recently. He's averaging for the year eight points, four boards, but five plus rebounds in each of the last five games that he's played in. DJ turn it up horn. He along with another gentleman and Jay Heath are combined to shoot between 35 and a half and 36 and a half percent. From three-point range, Warren has been able to give you 13.5 points per game, and Kamani Lawrence has been able to give you seven rebounds per game. And then for the UCLA side, I was expecting a little bit more out of Miles Johnson. He's been able to give you a block and a half per contest, but right around four to five boards per game, he hasn't necessarily been a great fit for the team. You've had a little bit out of Cody Riley as well, but I do think that UCLA is just a tad bit overvalued in this spot. I wound up setting my total in this game as well. A little bit lower in this spot as well. I wound up setting my total at 135, so it's a spot in which I'm going to be taking the points here with Arizona State. I think that we've gone a little bit too far with the total as well. So looking at the over and in the final segment, going to be diving into as many games as possible right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything that we do now through the College Basketball Championship game on April 4th for just $29. Sign up now and you'll be able to get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vcin.com, including our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so do not miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today as it is the final segment right here of the Greg Peterson experience right here on vcin, the sports betting network, but have no fear. We've got you covered all throughout the day and coming up after myself, we're going to have a nice little show with our man Dave Ross does a terrific job over here at the network. First strike, all about combat sports. Don't have a necessarily massive UFC card for this week. Not necessarily one of the big headliner events, but there's always money to be made when it comes to the boxing and MMA world. 
Dave is one of the best in the business. He's had so many great calls throughout the last 12 months on this network. So that is a must tune in, especially if you like me, like MMA and what have you, but you haven't betted very much. He does a very good job of helping out novice like myself of being able to be shown the ropes a little bit. So maybe I'll be diving into that a little bit more in the coming months myself when we wind up getting a little bit less college basketball action. We've got 150 games today and the one that I wanted writing up for DK Nation, that would be the biggest one with regards to the rivalry. Duke versus North Carolina. If you're looking on the betting board, this is game number 753, 750, or not 753, 754. I get my numbers mixed up. You've got it more in the 740 range, 747, 748. North Carolina finds themselves three-point underdog. Dawn's game is anywhere between 150 and F and 151. And when it comes to DK Nation pick, I'm bypassing the points with North Carolina. I'm just going for the money line. I think that they're going to be able to win this game outright. I think that there's going to be a lot of emotion in this game. I think the crowd is going to be going absolutely crazy over there at Chapel Hill. And when it comes to North Carolina, they've won four out of their last five against Duke on their own floor. And I think that they're going to be able to hold serve in this one. Now, I think that in Cameron Indoor, things are going to be absolutely insane there. And I can tell you right now, I think that both of those teams are going to be fired up for that one. I think that Duke is going to be able to do what I think North Carolina is going to be able to do to Duke tonight in this one as with North Carolina, just a really good three-point shooting team in general. In the top 20 with regards to three-point shooting percentage, shooting is collective 38.5% and Armando Baycote. How about what this guy's been able to do over the last nine games? He has been averaging 18.1 points, 16.3 rebounds, and nearly two blocks per contest. He's given you at least 10 rebounds in all but one of the games that he's played in ever since the beginning of December. So that would be a grand total of 16 games. Then you take a look at R.J. Davis along with Caleb Love. Both of these guys shoot over 40% for three-point range. They're both registering between 14 and 15 points per game. Both of these guys give you about four or so assists per game as well. And then you've also got Brady Manick, a good six foot eight stretch player that's able to shoot it well from three point range. He's most likely going to be able to draw a little bit of an assignment here on Paulo Bonchero. You got to think that Puff Johnson, who wanted returning for North Carolina, has been a little bit more of a defensive Swiss Army knife for this team, is going to draw that matchup as well. And Bonchero, they would do an absolutely terrific job for Duke. 18 and a half points, seven and a half boards per game. But Wendell Moore has seen a little bit of a fall off with this Duke team as well. And that's a little bit of an issue because Wendell Moore, there was a point in this season which I thought that he was the best player on Duke's team and he was really getting it done in all aspects. He was averaging like 15 points. He was able to give you five boards, five assists, had a little bit of a triple-double earlier in the season. And especially with Trevor Keels being dealing with a couple of injuries, his fall-off has been very pronounced. Overall the season, he's still been able to give you some relatively solid numbers, but we've seen Duke tur Duke's turnovers numbers winding up getting heightened a little bit as well. A lot of that has been due to the play of Wendell Moore, so that's a little bit of an issue when it comes to uh, Jeremy Roach out there in the backcourt. He does a relatively solid job. He gives you eight points, three assists. Doesn't necessarily do anything great, but at the same time, he's not going to light the game on fire or anything like that for you, so he's able to be a solid cog for the scene, but I do think that North Carolina has a little bit of a leg up, and you just take a look at Wendell Moore, and I want to mention a little bit earlier. We're going to take it from the first of the year in the nine games that Duke has played since then. 10.5 points, five boards, four assists, nearly three turnovers per game, so it's been a little bit more pedestrian for him, and I think that that's going to wind up hurting Duke a little bit more in this game, and Duke just hasn't played a lot of true road games in general. This is a team that at home, they shoot a little bit over 38% from three-point range on the road, 30.8% from three-point range. So we see quite a fall off there. And for North Carolina on the road, 
They shoot more on 35% from three at home, 41% from three. I think that the friendly confines are going to be friendly to North Carolina in this game. It's been a North Carolina team that has really been able to hold serve on their home floor. And for that matter, if you look at the last four years of this rivalry, they've been able to cover seven out of the eight games that these two teams have played. And I think that North Carolina is going to be able to get it done once again. I like them outright in this spot. I'm going to be taking North Carolina on the money line with the DK Nation pick that I'm giving out. And when it comes to the total, do you mind saying it at a 152? You got a pair of teams that they are relatively up-tempo. And let's call it what it is, the defensive efficiency of North Carolina. It's not necessarily been there. Duke has been faltering a little bit with their defense as well. They had a very solid effort when they wound up playing against Notre Dame. But that said, other than that, it's been a little bit more brutal. And for Duke, this is a team that, with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, they are 7th at all of college basketball in North Carolina. Though they rank just 36th in this category, they have been much more rock-solid at home than they have been on the road as in terms of a per-possession basis, they are scoring right around 12.5 points more on a per-100-possession basis when they are home than they are on the road. So I'm going to be taking a look at North Carolina on the money line to go along with this total over. Only got about five or so minutes here, so we're going to try to get you guys one or two more breakdowns before we wind up getting out of here with this one as, how about if we wind up staying out there in the ACC? 661, 662 on the betting board. Clemson in the road face-off against Georgia Tech. Yellow Jackets are a two to two and a half point home underdog and your totals between 138 and a half and 139 and a half. And I do feel like totals have gotten up a little bit too high in these Georgia Tech games, especially with a team like Clemson who ranks outside the top 275 with regards to possessions per game. But I do like Clemson to be able to get the job done in this spot when it comes to Clemson. I was willing to set them as a little bit more of a comfortable favorite in this spot as I wanted making them a three and a half point favorite with Clemson. You do have a guy in PJ Hall who does a nice job of being able to give you a double figure amount of points per game, seven boards per contest. And Georgia Tech has really become just a two-man team at this point. When it comes to what you're able to get out of Michael DeVoe, he's one of the best peer scorers out there in all of college basketball. A guy that has been able to shoot darn near 40% from three-point range, he's able to give you 21 points per game and has been really doing a nice job of being able to pick his spots with regards to shooting, giving out a little bit more facilitation as well. And then Jordan Usher, the transfer from USC, he's been solid for the team as well. He's been able to give you 15 points, seven boards, two and a half assists per game. He himself is able to shoot about 35.5% from three-point range. But then you got Kyle Studevent, who has been giving you seven points per game, and he's the next best scorer for this team. So you really have a big, giant fall-off from there. You've been dealing with a couple of injuries for this team as well. I know that Dallin Coleman has been dealing with some ailments. Tristan Maxwell has only been able to play five games this season. So that has been an issue for this team. And Rodney Howard wanted missing a few games back in full, but he hasn't done a lot for this team down low. Five points, five boards. You just need a little bit more out of him. And then for Clemson, it's a team that they shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. And uh, their top six scores, you've got five of them shooting north of 36% from three-point range. So they've been able to do a very solid job of being able to have everyone fire on all cylinders. Someone like a Jordan Hall has been able, or someone like a David Collins, I should say, has been able to give you right around 11 points, seven and a half boards. He shoots over 40% from three-point range. I think that Clemson should be able to get the job done in the spot with not only their three-point shooting, but also at the free throw line. Among your top five scores, four of them shoot at least 75% at the line. So I want to make in Clemson a three and a half point favorite. Set this total at 135 and a half as well, just with how slowly Clemson winds up playing. So taking a look at the under, and I'm willing to lay it here with Clemson, and we'll get out of here on how about if we pick 681, 682. You've got Ole Miss. They're going to be hit in the road. They're going to be facing off against Florida. Florida is finding themselves as a favorite in the spot of anywhere between eight and a half and nine points in your total game, and between 131 and 132. This is a line that I wound up setting at eight and a half. 
I would much rather take a nine rather than lay an eight here personally. And eight was the opening number in this game with Ole Miss. You've been noticing the team turning over a new leaf as Deshaun Ruffin, who on the beginning of the year, a little bit banged up, wanted missing the first couple of games. He's been able to give you a little bit over two seals per game. He's shipping in there four assists per game. Not necessarily a great three-point shooter, but that's why you've got Jamin Brakefield out there. He's been able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. And then on the flip side for Florida, they've been dealing with the injuries to Colin Castleton and really the entirety of the low post play for Florida has been banged up. It's a team that they only shoot right around 31 to 32% from three-point range. It's why you saw them very nearly lose on the road against Missouri a couple days ago. And you really need to rely upon someone like a Flanders Fleming to be able to step up down low. He's been able to give you right around five boards per game. Anthony DeRuji, four and a half boards, relatively versatile player, shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. But I think a guy like a nice here, Brooks, who's able to give you eight boards per game, should be able to hold, help out Old Miss in the spot. Now, Old Miss, they're without their top scorer as well. And Jarkel Joyner, he's been out for nearly a month at this point. So Ole Miss has been able to adapt without him. And they've been able to do a good job of having guys like a Ty Fagan be able to pick up the slack for them. I do think that this is a good spot for Ole Miss to be able to get a cover now that we're especially at a nine and Florida. When you take a look at home courts among power conference teams, they just haven't necessarily performed that well at home. We've just seen it throughout the years with this team. They wind up setting this total at 130.5 as well. Got a Florida team that's rather up-tempo, but they also generate nine steals per game. Solid on defense. So take a look at an under, and I'm taking a look at the points with Ole Miss. And I wish you nothing but the best on this college basketball Saturday. 150 games, so lots of money to be made there. And lots of money to be made on combat sports as First Strike with Dave Ross is up next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.